This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Well, welcome back to another episode of Not That Andrew. And again, we are continuing our city council interviews today for candidates of the city council. And today we have our first Democrat joining us, somebody who uh, I actually met through a not just a friend of the station, somebody who is the station, Curtis Sliwa. Uh, we have Irene Estrada, who's running for City Council District 13 in the Bronx. Irene, thank you so much for being here. No, today. thank you for having me. Yeah. So let me ask you, what motivated you to run for city council? I have always been in politics and faith. And my uh, greatest motivation for running for office is back in the blue. Uh, my daughters are police officers. Um, I found it very disrespectful when we went through the crisis with rallies and protesting and damaging cars and uh, burning down um, police stations and and all that um, havoc that was caused. And as a parent to, to, uh, to law enforcement, I can only imagine how other uh, families felt. Mm -hmm. And my concern is that we need representation, not only for the for the blue, but also for all emergency services, because they got treated the same way. Yeah. And in, in working and having representation that is going to be effective, but also give them an opportunity to thrive mm -hmm. and not be just stuck in the middle income bracket and and uh, enjoy what they do and serve the people. But also we have to be uh, able to have legislators protect those that serve us. Yeah. You, so you say you have two kids that are on the job. How long have they been on the job? Um, Sergeant Erica Buckowicki mm -hmm. uh, works with uh, Police Commissioner Swole. Okay. And she has been on the job nine years. Okay. Uh, Daisy, uh, Detective Daisy Gonzalez has been on the job going to on 18 and a half years and she's on the evidence collection team in the Bronx. Wow. And a sergeant and detective. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank That's you. Real. I can only imagine thinking what the job must have looked like nine years ago or especially 18 years ago versus present day and how the police are, are treated to the point that you made in, in the very first, in your very first answer there. You know? Yeah, we, we've come to the conclusion that, um, that if we're going to be Americans and stand on the Constitution and the rights that our legislators have left us when it was written, then we have to protect uh, faith in politics and also understand that we have a duty to the people as government, not government. Uh, not the, the government is out of control. Our government and legislators in New York State have gone so far away, away from God that their legislators are making policies and agendas that are actually affecting all of us yeah. in such a bad way that our seniors are struggling. Um, they're at ends meet. Uh, they're losing their apartments. They're being evicted. Then you have the veterans who are homeless. Then you have the migrant issue. We have issues that, that need to be dealt with. And unless you have people who are, know how to deal with these issues at the table, we're not going to go around in circles anymore. Yeah. That's why I'm running for, uh, for District 13 City Council, because I refuse to allow our legislator, um, I won't even mention her name because that's how bad it is, right. that we won't um, give them any kind of glory because 
um, their grade is an F. They're not protecting the people. They're not protecting our civil rights. They were not there when uh, protecting our mandates during COVID. They were not there uh, feeding the poor, taking care of all those people that were being lost during the COVID crisis. So no, this is why I'm running for city council. So, you know, the first thing that you mentioned when you said you're running is for police, backing our police. And obviously you could see why it's so important to you with two children who are on the job still and, and not just on the job, but a sergeant and detective. Um, how have you been received in democratic circles? And, and you can say uh, by either the party bosses, but really more importantly, by, by the people that you've been talking to during this primary process. When I, I've run for office before for city council, I ran against Marjorie a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I told the people in the community that if you vote for her, you're going to get the upzoning. Yeah. They voted for her. You got the upzoning. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's becoming a havoc uh, on developers having more say on what goes into our communities instead of the residents mm -hmm. and the low density homes. When I decided to run for office in um, speaking to our constituents of the people in my district, they know me for 42 years. Um, they know everything about me because I've run police programs, the explore program. I coached baseball for 10 years in the Christian League. Yeah. So I also, um, I was a Sunday school teacher, VBS. I'm an ordained minister, so I'm clergy for the uh, clergy for the 49th precinct. I graduated from the Civilian Police Academy because I wanted to know what how they felt when they were running and what did they do on their job, not knowing that my two daughters were going to go into the into uh, the um, the agency and become police officers. Um, my sister was the first uh, Mexican woman, and the, actually the first woman in Texas to become the, a deputy wow. for the state of Texas in really? Midland, Texas. So we have a duty in our home as a daughter to a war veteran, Korean war veteran, uh, to serve. We were raised to serve and we serve to the best of our ability. We don't promise things we can't deliver and we bring change when change doesn't come. And they have a choice, either move or be moved. Yeah. You've mentioned public safety. You've mentioned up zoning. What are the main issues in your mind facing District 13? District 13 is going to come through a crisis. Right now, we have Marjorie Velasquez not mentioning to our business owners that there is a thing on the table, the commercial re renewal process. That is going to destroy all businesses. Mm -hmm. They're uh, going to come out for renewal. Uh, we're fighting for them to get a 10-year lease renewal, uh, fighting for them not to pay the taxes, fighting for them to stay open. And that's a crisis because they're not talking about it in the newspaper. They're not talking about, about it in the media. And the business owners don't know. The merchants, not only in my district, uh, District 13, in all of New York City, is going to suffer. They're going to lose their uh, their leases because the developers are going to want to develop. She is for the developers, and uh, it's going to affect the small mom and pop shops, the the, the bodegas. It's going to um, affect all the small merchants in our communities. That that's how we thrive in our communities. We remember them. They've been there for years, for decades. Uh, they're generational for families, uh, from the small shops to the pizza shops to the cafes and diners. We need to go ahead and educate people how to vote. And you have to vote and say no to her this year and vote for Estrada because I'm going to protect the business owners. They need someone that can voice what they need and not what the lobbyists and what the uh, the developers want. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned upzoning, and I know this was an issue in the last <laughs> campaign. And, and as you said, just in, in the last answer there, you told people that uh, Velasquez would vote for upzoning. Now, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the campaign say that she was going to push against it? And yes. did she change her 
word? Did yes. she go back on her word when she became elected? When we when we discussed the upzoning, um, she she like I had mentioned to the people that if you voted for her, she was going to vote for the upzoning because her husband worked for de Blasio's administration and they are all puppets. And what one does, the other one follows. And it, it puts us in danger when you're voting for people who are uh, serving, self-serving and not serving the people because it puts you in crisis because now all these developers are building 10-story buildings with 333 units and they call it affordable housing. But my community and my residents have to make over $83,000 to walk in the door. We're dealing with people who can't even make ends meet, who are three or four months behind rent. Seniors are are living in harms. It's disgusting. So my thing with the upzoning was that um, people say, well, you know, we're going to go back to the table. We're going to amend it. Here, we're not going to amend nothing. The bill is already passed. You're not going to amend nothing because it's a money making machine. It's money making for those who want it and the rich and the developers. But our communities are being pushed away. They're being pushed away to uh, to evictions and to move out of the state of New York. It's unaffordable for the poor. Well, you certainly know the issues, and it sounds like considering everything that you've been uh, you've been entrenched in your community for such a long period of time, for generations even, with your family. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, what do you What do you love most about your community? I love my community. Um, when I first came to New York City in '82 to serve within the church, mm-hmm. uh, Love Gospel Assembly, I wanted to be in. A, either do missions and go to other countries and serve people from different cultures. But when I came to the Bronx, I'm like, why do I have to go anywhere? (laughs) They're all here. I work with people from Cambodia, from Yemen, from Pakistan, from Mexico, from uh, South America to to Yemen. And and, and the the blessing is that working for the Board of Education, again, I've been been blessed to work with all the children from all over the world, Mm -hmm. Ghana, Zimbabwe. We, We have a relationship with all cultures. And my thing is that it's a melting pot of uh, the Bronx and New York City. And I love the Bronx. I love my district. And I will fight exactly for what the people want as an activist. We give what the people want, not what the legislators want. Uh, During the time when you asked me, how did the Democrat Party um, embrace me or, you know, come to me and with open arms? It didn't happen. What happened was that I was her first Mexican uh, representative as the uh, former uh, female district leader two years ago. And I went before Jamal Bailey, Senator Jamal Bailey, and I asked him, why are you writing this bill, the Bell Reform? It's no good for our communities. It's not good for New York State. You know, you're going to see a a big consequence of the the revolving door even worse. Mm -hmm. And it's not safe for the police department either. So we sat down for about an hour, an hour and a half. And at the same conversation, Marjorie Velasquez was in, uh, around us in the, the same conversation. And I told him this is not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So they were voting for him as chairperson of the Democrat Party mm-hmm. at that time. And we everybody w- showed up at uh, one of the colleges, Marone College, and they voted for him. I was the only one that abstained. And they said, Irene, how can you do that? Why won't you just vote? Yes or no? Right. No. Because, yes, you want to be the chair, but you have to listen to the people. My District 13 is Mm pro-police. We do everything, community policing. We do um, the sport program. We take the kids camping, canoeing, rappelling. Mm -hmm. I do all that with the youth. So don't tell me that our police are not doing enough. Today they had a baby shower. Why is the police department having baby showers when those children are not your responsibility? Mm -hmm. Why are those police officers playing uh, community events with basketball events? Uh, bringing food to the pantries, those 
are a responsibility of the parents and the children and the grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's the, the network that a child has to grow on. Mm -hmm. But when you bring the police department trying to say, oh, let's work on community relations, we have to uh, make sure that they see who we are in the blue. Excuse me, they're there to serve and protect and they're there to defend the law and they are also there to um, to make me people comply mm -hmm. because they're law defenders. Mm -hmm. That's their job. That's why they took this position. So when you have all these uh, people saying that the police doesn't do enough, you have NCOs, YCOs, you have community affairs, you have a task force that you can ima imagine. Mm -hmm. We're tr not trying to tell people that the police are good or coming and get to know them. We're saying let them do their job. Mm -hmm. Let them do their job. Let them go and arrest those that are bad and let them go through the process. But we don't have a system that is working for us. It is destroying our communities. It's allowing the criminals to have more rights and it's destroying the the, the moral uh, statutes of our constitution mm -hmm. that people are fed up and they're tired. And my district is fed up and tired because we're, we back the blue in my district. Mm -hmm. And then people thought, why, is, why are they bringing Black, Black Lives Matter to Mars Park? Out of all places. Yeah. So, to, well, to that point, to me, and you said that even though there might have been some pushback against, let's say, the, the big wigs in the Democratic Party to your candidacy expressing these ideas, I could imagine that there are probably a lot of Democratic voters that are looking and saying, you know what? I like that messaging. I do believe in public safety. Have you been seeing that on the ground with Democratic voters, with some of your constituency saying, you know what? We do like the idea. Maybe we don't agree with everything that the Republican Party says. Maybe we don't agree with people on the right. But we do believe in public safety here in New York. We do believe in creating more freedoms for uh, for our citizens, for those in District 13. Have you been seeing some from on the ground district voters? Oh, absolutely. We had a big turnaround especially after uh, the last election. Mm -hmm. And we had a big turnaround right now because um, I am the president of Mothers Against 1900 mm -hmm. and we're fighting against... Um with crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Our own legislators trying to bring inmates or formerly incarcerated mm -hmm. to the community of Indian Village. Yeah. So, so from the very beginning, there is there is a problem that the people know that there is a problem and they sense the public safety on the trains, on the buses, in the street, at the stores. Why do you go to the stores in Cosby and Middletown Road and why are the, the why is the merchandise locked? Mm-hmm. You know, it shows yeah. you that there there is a a, a pandemic of, of people that think that they can steal and get away with it forever. Yeah. So when we ha have been the middle income and we have lived in all these communities for so long and, and we, we've been used to the old fashioned traditions. And now you see all these trends. We're like, no, this is not what we want. So many people have done, done turn and left the party. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it doesn't matter to me what party you are at. You have to vote for the person that's going to be the most effective for our communities that I and then I am that candidate mm -hmm. because I am I am backed by I back the blue and I believe in the in the blue dog system, which is the Democrats long time ago were for the family, for the structure, for the unions, for the jobs, uh, to protect uh, health care, education. And uh, and now they're giving more 
more rights to the criminals. Mm -hmm. And they're losing a lot of people in our in our in our district only for three things. The clean slate New York bill mm -hmm. that's giving more privilege to the criminals after they get released and erase your 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 uh, your crimes. Right. The bail reform. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other one that is going to go ahead even make it worse, which is you have the bill reform, the New York uh, the New York slate bill, and then uh, if let me see if I have to uh, remember which the, which is the next one. Well, those are two public safety issues oh, the, there, the, and then you public it's terrible. You mentioned mothers against nineteen hundred mm -hmm. there. So is it, what's the solution to that in your mind? Is it to making sure that you refurbish Rikers, you give people an opportunity there? What's what's your solution for? What they're proposing at 1900. From the very beginning, when this came to, uh, when it came to, uh, to bloom in our district, uh, our problem is that our our community boards, mm -hmm. our advisory boards, so that everything that is going to come into our communities have to go through them, and then they're supposed to go ahead and tell the, the community, well, you know that we're going to have a new pizza shop, yeah. a barber shop. Another smoke shop, which you see like 17 on the same block or things that are coming in for their licenses or their permits. And then you find out that the issue is that the same people that they put and elect on these particular boards are not for the community. They're placed there by the elected officials. So they're not going to fight against it. You're supposed to represent the people. So 1900 became a problem because... Community Board 11 and the organizations that knew about it were not going to tell Indian Village about it. Mm -hmm. So I confronted Community Board 11 and the other organizations. I'm like, okay, so if you're not going to go ahead and let them know, I'm going to fly a thousand people and I'm going to start knocking on doors and letting them know that you have not told them that this is coming. So we had the rally. We had the town hall with Fortunate Society. I became the, uh, the mediator between all of them mm -hmm. because I want to make them transparent. Just Homes, community boards, the organizations that knew about it, and Jacoby Hospital. Because Jacoby, Jacoby Hospital is fueling this through HHC with uh, Just Homes. Mm -hmm. But a year ago when we did the town hall, the same very day we had the town hall meeting, um, I was speaking to Just Homes the, the day before, and they told me they had just got the letter of, of approval from the mayor's office to be the developers. So it's a process. Right now we're at the process of we were waiting for uh, city council to vote for it mm -hmm. in uh, February or March. But they tabled it because it's going to affect this particular election mm -hmm. in District 13 because we don't want it. But they said, no, we're going to table it. It's going to make too much noise mm -hmm. for the primary. But we're going to wait until after the November election. Yeah. That's another reason why I decided to run. Mm -hmm. I don't need your guarantee. You lied about the app zoning. Mm -hmm. You're lying to the business owners that that they don't have no idea what's coming with that commercial renewal process. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to lie to us about 1900. So what we're going to do, just stop, stop the nonsense. I'm running for office. You're going to elect me. I'm going to make sure that these things don't happen. And we're going to fight together because that's what the people do. That's democracy. Yeah. You don't go ahead and become somebody else's puppet. So here I'm coming. I'm coming after them. <laughs> so what types of, and you've kind of highlighted this already, what types of legislation do you think you would push on the city council? One, you don't, if you want to have a Just Homes organizations and HHCs, they call it an experiment. We're not your guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. Don't bring your, experiment, uh, your experiments into our district because we're thriving, we're processing, we're hardworking people, and people are working so hard to two jobs to pay one rent that you have the audacity to make decisions that they don't have uh, time to be a, a part of the process. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem I have with the legislators. When you're talking about inmates, who doesn't have somebody that's incarcerated? Who doesn't know somebody, a friend or, or somebody that's, that knows somebody? We all want the best for them. But why are you going to put 70 of them in the same location? 
right in front of uh, to uh, right in front of uh, seven five schools that are yeah. going to be affected by it. That's a problem. My problem is that I I don't want it, and we're going to fight for it. Mm. I'm not going to go away, and I'm not going to surrender, and I'm not going to quit. So they're going to have a problem. Mm. We shut down a methadone clinic on 2500 Williamsbridge Road. We had over a thousand people that showed up at a town hall meeting. We were in their face every single day in the news. We were protesting in the rain, in the snow, in the sleet. We, it didn't matter to me. Mm. We're not going away. So now you want to put a, a marijuana dispensary right across the street from PS89. No. Just because you want to go ahead and, and loosen it up with the governor making all these smoke shots for marijuana and let people do whatever they want to do doesn't mean that we have to tolerate your behavior, your, your location, because it's our community mm -hmm. and we don't want it there. So you're, you, you don't even have regulations on these things. So you need to regulate. As a city councilwoman, I would first regulate not anywhere near schools and churches and, and parks. Right. We need to protect our children. Mm -hmm. Our children are the ne our next future generations mm -hmm. and we have to honor them and let them decide what they want to do. Let them be kids. And I'm really exhausted when I hear all these parents complaining and they're concerned, but they feel that they are a target if they show up for a rally. Mm -hmm. They feel that they are a target if they sign a petition. So you're, you're suppressing the voters. Mm -hmm. You're suppressing the American uh, dream. You're suppressing them. So I am opening... Um, Every single door and every window. And I'm like, no, this is not how it works. That's not democracy. Yeah. As the Democrats, they have never honored me. They never said, oh, Irene, mean, you've been doing this for 42 years. I have to get honored in my own hometown in Midland, Texas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I worked in Ground Zero uh, with American Red Cross in the Southwest, they flew me to Texas mm -hmm. and I took three firemen from the Bronx. And um, I won't mention their names, but they had a ball. Yeah. And uh, the, our mayor in Midland, Texas, gave us the keys to the city. Right. So I'm the first Mexican with the keys to the city in Midland, uh, Texas. Congratulations. So then I got honored in my high school, which is called uh, Lee, Lee High School. We had to change its name because it used to be Robert E. Lee. <laughs> right. Another thing. So now it's uh, Lee high, uh, Legacy High School. And my picture is on, on the wall at their school mm -hmm. under the Lee Legacy wall. Mm -hmm. And guess who's on there, too? Who's that? The first lady, Laura Bush. Really? Wow. So me and Laura Bush have got uh, honored twice. Wow. There was another time we had a, a ceremony called Salute to the Heroes in Texas. Mm -hmm. There were 30 of us. You know, had to be nominated by the children and do all kinds of wonderful things for the world and a, a world changer. Right. So I was honored with Tommy Franks from Desert Storm, Laura, the first lady, Laura Bush, Randy Villardi. Who's a Yankee? Yeah, Yankee, of course. Well, he grew up well, with shortstop me. Shortstop, he grew really. up with me. He lived across the street. Wow, he from was me. one of the shortstops before Derek Jeter kind of came that's, on, that's right? That's right. Like we, 93, 94. Yeah, remember so that. in the 80s, good we, player, used to, too. we used to take all the kids from the Bronx to go see all the ballplayers. Yeah. But they never said in the bleachers. They always said in VIP, in the yogis. <laughs> Randy would take care of them, huh? Randy, <laughs> Bernie Williams, yeah. uh, Deion James, yeah. uh, Don yeah. Manley, you name them. They all, and even a Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Buck Showalter, Absolutely. They all left me tickets. They all went through. The, the press gate, they got signed autographs. And um, I've, I've got honored with Laura Bush twice. So when you come to um, the things that I have done and the accomplishments, my accomplishments are my children and my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I want to, we want to live a future for our great grandchildren of all the world, not just my children. So my goal in my district is to empower them, educate them how our communities, uh, legislators, work so that you know when something is not right, you can be the voice from your own block, yeah. from your own community, and from your own household. You don't sit there and take the abuse. Yeah. We've taken enough. Okay. And now with the firemen and, and the, and the uh, fire department and the emergency services, they changed their insurance to Medicare. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. You, this is, you, you love them so much. This has been wild. This has you been love them fight so much. Happened. Exactly. And I know a lot of retired guys that are not happy about this. It, doesn't, it doesn't work for them. Yeah. But then the heart, there's also a problem that we have is that social. Uh, they're trying to have social security offsetting mm-hmm. for tier three. And the fire department says that this is not working for them. They are robbing their social security. Yeah. So we have to be as legislators. People say, well, state assembly and, the, and senators have to vote on it. But city council can overrule it and say, this is not what we want for our firemen. And we had to fight for them after 9-11. I worked in Ground Zero and all the emergency services need to be respected. Mm -hmm. And I get exhausted when people cannot even have a 9-11 memorial because now it's an insult. Yeah, Uh, it's uh, it to me, it it hurts me right in my heart to see that. Um, Let let me ask you just a couple more questions before we have to get going. Uh, How do you think the Adams administration has either helped hurt the district? What can he be doing better? What has he fallen short on? What has he been helpful on? Mayor Eric Adams, his policies could be great in different levels, but because he doesn't have the assistance from City Hall, see, a mayor needs people underneath him to work with you to get things going in the right direction. And in our city council of 51 members, we have progressives and socialists. And their idea is to become more liberal, more in, more toxic to the family structure for emergency services and for the, and the structure of, of families. And we are constantly being attacked because you want to continue to have liberal, 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 but that's not the American dream. People come from all over the world so they they can have a family structure. Now we have an issue with the migrants. I'm the national activist for immigration. I've dealt with immigration all my life because I want to help the poor. My mom and my dad are from Texas. Their parents are from Texas. And they're from Texas when Texas belonged to Mexico. So I'm just American. But being hearing the stories and what when I was missionary when I was 12 years old, I saw how they suffer in Mexico. I, I know that they don't have. But at the same time, it's not that the poor is coming in ram- wanting to become American citizens. Mm-hmm. Our immigration laws have fallen. They have they use it use the people as bait. They pay lawyers over and over and over, promising that they're going to become American citizens, and they're not. The Constitution of the United States clearly says that you came here illegally, you will not become an American citizen. Read the Constitution of the United States, and it also talks about the two thousand dollar fine. When you read the even the first page, hello people, get. You have to become educated in immigration. Stop being angry at the people who are coming in. It is not their fault that the go- that the president of the United States is abusing every single power executive order to abuse Americans and have us angry at one another because they're doing other things behind our back. And later on, we'll find out what it is. Yeah. Everything's a distraction. Yeah. So for me, with immigration and dealing with the migrants that are coming in right now, I deal with uh, the clergy, mm-hmm. with um, Eric Adams and the ones from city council. I want to visit the shelters. I want to know what they're go- what's going on with them. They were promised $90,000 per head per each migrant. So my concern is that they were promised this money and the money never came. So that's where the problem became. Mm-hmm. My thing is what decisions you make, it's your, se- it's your season to be a leader. Yeah. When I become city council, it'll be my season to become a leader, mm-hmm. to be, to save the voice and the and a voice of reason in the 51 members. But my concern right now is that do not house 
the migrants in gyms, in schools, and keep them out of our colleges. Mm -hmm. Because when my granddaughter went to NYU, my daughter paid for it. Yeah. When my grandson went to Mount Vincent, my daughter paid for it. Mm -hmm. When all these children are going to private schools or whether elementary, why are you putting all these migrants in, in harm's ways for our children, using the same bathrooms when they're not vaccinated? They, they have no, all of a sudden you have no uh, COVID mandate over them. Mm -hmm. you, you're not vetting them. When we had the migrants come in, in the 80s to Texas, they came from, remember, they came from Cuba. Yeah. They were all what? Prisoners. Mm -hmm. And what did they come to do? Kill, crush, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And what were they doing in Midland, Texas? Crush, kill, and destroy. So you don't vet them. You're going to bring more problems to our community and homelessness. And this is another bill that's coming up. Voting on the homelessness to, uh, to have tents. That's not a solution for homelessness. Mm -hmm. My concern is if, if you saw the condition that our seniors are living in and the veterans, it's disgusting. Rat infested, you have mold infested. I have called the news and even a city council from uh, the person in charge of NYCHA has called me telling me, why are you on the news? Why, why are you even discussing this? And I'm like, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do as an activist. You're not doing your job and I'm coming right after you. Serve the people. We live in America. You serve the people. And if you can't serve the people equally, because it's not about race and culture and stop this black and, and, and white issue and this black and brown we deserve. No, stop being the entitlement. Stop playing entitlement mm -hmm. because you work. You deserve to give yourselves the best in America when you go get it yourself. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Irene, you know, you've said uh, and I've said for a while now, I said, look, I would love to work with any Democrat that believes in uh, that really believes uh, in making our country, our district, our city a better place. And you've talked about public safety. You've talked about a future for our children. You've talked about God. I'll give you the very last word here. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like New Yorkers to know about you or your campaign before we wrap up? My closing statement is a vote for Irene Estrada is a vote that you will not regret so that you will not be ignored and our communities will be t thriving and moving in the right direction. And you can sleep in peace knowing that I will work with, with uh, every legislator 24 hours around the clock to make sure that you have the peace of mind. Because a legislator, for, as for me, as a minister, I cover you mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. So what, my closing statement is that I'm going to pray for my district, that the Lord covers you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet with trillions and trillions of angels to guard you, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially, and that we get out off our sofas and get out and vote on June the 27th for Irene Estrada. Well, get off your sofa. That's exactly what John Katsimatidis did when he was 18 years old. It worked out pretty darn well for him. Uh, finally, where can they find your campaign? Where can they follow you, your website, your social media, if anybody wants to learn more about you? I am on Facebook, Irene Estrada 2023, Irene Estrada. Uh, you can also donate to my um, NYC um, Contributes. And you can find me on Instagram under Irene Estrada on politicwoman at AOL.com. Well, Irene, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and, and good luck. Thank you, Andrew. Definitely. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more city council candidates to come here in the coming weeks. Uh, and Irene Estrada is certainly a, a Democrat worth considering, I would say. 